Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. This is one of the most exciting days of doing this podcast. My guest today is little Steven Van Zandt. Uh, I'll just say a true creative hero of mine. And um, someone who's just always used his art for the exact right reasons. Someone who's uh, just the through line of your career has meant just a, a ton to me, man. And um, so thanks for doing this. I, I know you don't do a lot of these interviews and your time is precious. So it's oh, my, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Good to see you. One, uh, so let's get into it. Um, one word that really comes to mind when I think of your work is purpose, like mission. And like, do you, you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, I give, know, I, I give entire speeches telling people to live with purpose. Yeah, okay? I mean, you how, yeah, before I found, your, I found your speech to Rutgers this morning, but I wrote this down before I read it. Uh, and I said, you know, how have you refined or restated this idea of mission and purpose over the years? And how has it been kind of a North Star for you? Well, you know, you start off with the, you know, the songwriting thing, I, I guess, is where it starts because you're... Uh, you know, you're trying to analyze, what we're trying to do, baby, I think every artist is trying to turn art into science, you know, you know, basically, right? That's our thing, right? You know, and of course, we're never going to succeed because there's always that little intangible, okay? So I always tell people, you know, work on that craft, 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 the art will take care of itself, okay? But there is that little intangible when it comes to trying to tell people, you know, how to do things, you know, Um and what I what I decided when it came to songwriting, I said, listen, you know, when you sit down, you know, if you don't have an idea, you know, it's really, uh, you might get lucky, <laughs> you know, but I, it helps to have an idea. So sit down and, and, and write with purpose, okay? What do you want the song to do? You want to make people laugh? You want to make them cry? You want to confess something? You want to, uh, you know, you want to get laid? I mean, you know, what do you want to do? You, you know, uh, and, and, and that gives you a little bit of a, you know, you, you need some limitations. You need some kind of, you know... Uh, you need you need a, an area where you can work in and, and where it's because because it's lim- limitless. It doesn't help anybody, you know. Um, so you start there, and and I realize, you know, not only should you write with purpose, but really you should live with purpose. Yes. You know, you get up every morning and say, okay, you know, what I want to what I want to accomplish today. What what do I want to accomplish today? You know, uh, you know, what 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 am I what am I doing here? You know, what, what you know what are we doing? Yeah, what's you know? my, yeah, what's my intention and yeah, why? Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 I think that helps. It just helps. I'm an I'm I'm just a, I'm a results oriented guy. Okay, that's just me. You know what I mean? I don't I don't do things um, just to do them. You know I I do them you know, with results in mind, and I think that helps. If you you know if if you if you're living with purpose, you're gonna get more results. You know, simple as that. If that matters to you, I mean, you know, I mean, some people it, it may not matter to, but uh, you know. But when you say yeah. results, is a result I want to write a kick-ass song, or is a result I want that song to be a hit or to make well, an impression like that, from the beginning how did you think about but it? that's a purpose you know and if you want a song to be a hit that's a whole nother way of thinking now truthfully growing up when we did okay and yes. and what i consider to be a renaissance period all right and 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 hundreds of years from now it'll be looked back on as a renaissance period i'm quite sure all right uh basically the 60s um you know um the, the the idea is uh, when when we when you woke up in the morning, um, you didn't say how do I write a hit today. Right. You said how can I achieve greatness. Yes. Okay. Now why was that? Because greatness was commercial. 
in the 60s, okay? <laughs> now, this is something hard to explain to people, but greatness was commercial, okay? The greatest, or why I call it a Renaissance period is the greatest art being made was also the most commercial. Yeah. But we'll never see that again in our lives, okay? And we were lucky to see it once. It happens every couple of hundred years. It happened in TV, actually, in the 2000s, in a way, right? In the early 2000s with, the, with your show and then Mad Men... Well, where oh, the oh, best it, thing became oh, yeah. the most popular oh, for yeah, a yeah. period it, of time. Yes, it can happen in individual, in, in individual uh, art forms, art forms or, at yes. different times. Yes, yes. Because we did see it for, yes. for a period of time in, in on television. Oh, yeah. You had this moment. So I know what you're talking yeah, about absolutely. with the music. No, no, that's, that's where, absolutely true. Where from, you're saying from the Beatles through Dylan through like the mid-70s, basically. But, but it wasn't just music in, in the 60s, you know. I right, mean, well, the was, art that came in the early 70s. It, it was The everything. movies that came in the early 70s, the artist Jasper Johns and all those people you know. who started painting. I mean, you know. The, well, I mean, they started painting in the 50s, but it became popular. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, you know, generally, I mean, I'm not being specific about, the, you know, the 60s, give or take, you know, a decade, you know. Yes. I mean, but, but, but basically, you know, the point was, you weren't trying to achieve success on its own terms. You were trying to achieve success by the craft itself, by crafting something great. Now, by doing that, you knew it would be a hit. <laughs> so, you know, in a way, you're, you're trying to create a hit, but, but, not, but different than trying try to create a hit today, you know, which is completely superficial. I'm sorry. You know, if you want to cre create a hit period, today, you know, you look at all of the uh, you know, marketing tools you have to, to make it a hit, you know, and, and the social media has to be here, and this has to be there, and you add up all those pieces, you know. Now, occasionally, you're going to do something great today that is obviously, has greatness. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. About the you're talking about the, the, broad, the overall sort of gestalt of yes, the time. Yes, yes, yes. Which uh, you feel like now, you're, you're saying people go over, they, they work with Max Martin, they create something that yes. doesn't feel to you the same. That's I often right. wonder if it's because we're older. Like, you're no. 15 years older than me, but I'm older than these people, no, no, too. No, 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 no. We had to be unique. If you didn't have a unique identity, you could not succeed. That's now, right. the opposite is true. That's okay? You That's need to sound like somebody else in order to succeed. You know what I mean? You need to have those commercials to, to succeed. It's exactly the opposite, all right? The rock era or Renaissance period had different rules than the pop era has now. You know, we're back in a pop era. I clocked the rock era from Like a Rolling Stone to Kurt Cobain's death, okay? And then we switched back to a pop era, and all the rules changed, okay? When I grew up, if you, if you had a song and a commercial on TV, or even in a show like you're yours, dead. You, 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 your career's over, okay? That was a sure sign, your career's over. Yeah, Bob now, and Bruce wouldn't go, I mean, Bob went on Johnny Cash's show, but basically they wouldn't go on... Oh, they no. wouldn't go on television. No, but I mean, having a song, like you know, yeah. giving a song to a show, or, or you know, none of that would, would you know, you're, you're done. Now, if you don't have a song on a commercial or on a TV show, you're done. So it's it's exactly the opposite, and and you have to adjust. You know, for those of us who grew up in that era, it's quite an adjustment. You know, but but you know, to some extent. I can't adjust. You know, I, I'm not going to adjust because um, it's too late for me to adjust. I, I, greatness is always going to be my goal. You know, I can't, I can't change that, you know. Did, did you find some of that purpose, though, like when I think about your gifts? And, and it's one of those things, like everybody my generation understands how great you are and why. And I don't, you know, people have listened to hundreds of episodes of this podcast, like, I don't fucking do this. But, like, you know, I don't. I don't sit there and tell somebody, but the fact is, like, when I listen to the Southside records, you know, uh, did you found the singer who you thought was so great. And do you think you would have written I Don't Want to Go Home for yourself? 
or was it that you were trying to your purpose was because to me that song which I put in a movie and Dave and, and in the the, the show uh, Billions you know that's one of the great rock songs of the last 40 or 50 years well thank you and uh, but you didn't sing it you didn't do it no. so I'm wondering was that like you woke up one day and you were like I want to make Johnny a star well yeah I, I didn't I didn't intend to be uh, a singer or, or an actor um, I saw myself and still see myself as a producer, you know, as a, as a writer, producer, you know, a creator. But, but you thought that even when you, because when Bruce writes in his books, I don't, I don't want to, I've always wondered this about you my whole life. So when, when Bruce writes in the book, you know, you were the best guy on the, I mean, he says it, he says in the book, you were the best band leader. And so I've always wondered, like, I, I don't know if you're a sports guy at all, but like Earl Monroe was this high score. He came to the Knicks to pair with Clyde Monroe, Clyde Frazier, and he went from scoring 30 a game to 18, and he was happy because he wanted to win a championship. But most people won't do that. Most people won't go from 30 a game to 18 a game to win a championship. You've done it over and over. Mm. Well, and I'm wondering about what that felt like, how that choice crystallized for well, you. Well, but I didn't, it wasn't a competitive thing to me. I, I, was, I wasn't seeing myself as the front guy. Even ever. though Bruce saw you ever. as the great front man. No, no, he saw me as a band leader. Right, as a great band leader. That's, that, he didn't mean, I think he probably meant as a MD, as a music director. Okay. You know, um, I think. I, I don't know. I never heard him say that. But anyway, one way or the other, you know, I, I knowing what I know now, I should have been the front man all along because that's all people respect. <laughs> okay? No, that's and that's not. all people understand. No, it's true. It's true. You, you know, you know you're, have... a, you're a celebrity in America or you're not. Okay? Believe me. I, I, can, do, I can do hours on this subject alone. Well, no, do it. Right? Talk about it. What do you mean? <laughs> There's nothing worse in the world than being than, the number two than, guy than, in the situation. being more famous than you are rich. Okay? Of course. <laughs> There's nothing worse than this. <laughs> okay? Yes. But, uh, you know, look, I, I just, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I started off as a uh, as as a guy behind the scenes, which I I'm happy with, it's my, my inclination. I've learned to be a front man, okay, through the years, and I got quite good at it in the '80s. Kind of working my way back to it right now. Um, so I'm on. So I'm I'm writing songs since '67, okay, and I don't like anything I'm writing. And I come and I do the oldie circuit. '73, I want to say somewhere like that. Um, so I've been writing songs for five, six years and not liking anything I'm doing, okay? And not playing in other bands. You weren't in E Street then, I know this, but... No, 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 yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in local bands. You and Bruce already been together, gone your separate ways for a minute. Well, yeah, well, we, we, we became friends by having local bands, right? Yes. And, and then we had several bands together, but... but um, Basically, I'm writing songs for, you know, myself or whatever band I'm in. I don't like anything I'm doing, okay? Yeah. I end up breaking my finger. I'm working... I quit, I quit music... I never okay, I'm working. I'm working construction for two years, seventy one, seventy two. Christ, I'm playing football on the weekend, flag football. I break my finger, still bent. I get on the on the field surgery to exercise my finger. I join a band playing piano. This band becomes the backup band for the Dovells. Okay, on the oldie circuit, which I didn't know existed. The oldie circuit was this bizarre moment in time. Kind of doesn't exist anymore, but in the early '70s, all of the people that the beat, the British invasion put out of work, which was all their heroes, and they put all their heroes out of work unintentionally, unintended consequences. Who put them out of work? The Beatles and right. all, oh, yeah, all sure. the, the British all invasion. Pop, yeah, of course they did. Okay? Yes. Everybody when they came over, all the pioneers were put out of work, which is a tragedy in, in our history. Um, 
because after that, the audience just grew up with the bands, and to this day, who's the biggest bands in the 60s? The Beatles and Stones, and they still are, right? You know, but all of the Benny Kings and Drifters and Coasters and all of those cats, you know, were, were relegated to this, to this, you know, senior citizen, you know, oldie circuit. And they're in their like mid thirties, yeah, early forties. You know, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, yeah. they're prime in their lives, right? So they were all, and 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 this guy Richard Nader, not Ralph Nader, but Richard Nader was doing these oldies uh, shows, uh, multiple, multiple, uh, you know, multiple artists, and that's the first time I played the Garden was 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 with that show. So I'm on a circuit with all of my heroes, you know. All of these pioneers, That's where I met everybody, you know, Little Richard and Gary Bonds, everybody else, and um, and I said to myself, you know, at that point in my life, I'm just trying to like, you know, you're like mid twenties or early twenties. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 21, 22. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm, I'm you know, I'm just kind of drifting through life at this point. You know, I'm kind of, you know, uh, I'm not sure what you know, because I felt we had missed the boat. Okay. You know, I quit. I quit music in '71, thinking it's over. Okay, you know, you know all <laughs> the great, awesome. all the great I shit's been that. done. Right, the great shit has been done. We're, we're, you know, we missed it. You know, well, yeah, access you know. all the love had come out already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are um, you gonna do? And a million other right, things, that, right? Of course, yeah. And I, and I wasn't that wrong, by the way. But 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 <laughs> but, but okay. So so now I'm like, okay, let me let me start. You know, I, for the first time in my life, I think I started to analyze. Okay, which would become a thing with me. You know, I didn't know I had this analyzing part of my brain and this is where i first discovered it i said okay let me let me actually sit down for a minute let me stop this nonsense of just writing you know like just you know to write let me let me analyze this thing for a minute okay you know where does it begin i I gotta go to school but there's no school to go to so so i gotta you know figure this out myself right what's the school well i said where does it start it starts with libra installer that's where it starts you know I traced it back right to, to Jerry Lieber, Mike Stoller. They're writing, you know, on Broadway. Hound Dog for you yeah. know, you know, uh, on Broadway. Thornton, Hound Dog, all uh, that stuff. You know, Drifters, Elvis Presley stuff. Right. But they basically set the pace, set the tone, and set the template for the songwriter producers. Okay, and everybody followed them. You know, Carol King and Jerry Goffin, Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Barry, uh, Cynthia Wilde, Barry Mann, all of those couples. You know, the Brill Neil building, Diamond, Neil the Sedaka, building, they yep, all did it. Yep, yes, yep. all of them followed Lieber and Stoller, and some of them worked for Lieber and Stoller. Uh, and Spectre as well worked for them. Um, so I said, you know, let me let me go back and to the beginning and write a Lieber and Stoller song for the Drifters, okay? Because well, I met Benny King, right, and the Drifters, and that's what I don't want to go home was, okay? So I wrote out. So I write. I don't want to go home. You write that thinking I'm gonna record that for they're gonna. That's I'm a gonna Libra, produce a song for them, a Libra and Stoller. I'm song. writing. I'm writing a Libra and Stoller song awesome. for Benny King and the Drifters. Okay, and then I didn't have the courage to give it to him, of course. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I ended up giving it to Johnny for that first uh, that first album. But so that so, song was like the first great song you wrote. Yeah, the first song I wrote that I liked. Right. That's what I'm saying. The first you know? song that was like. I did a thing that I intend, the intention thing. I can we relate just, to, yes, yes. I'm saying the thing we were talking about, yes. which is having an intention, which was, I'm going to write a classic, I'm going to write a classic, well, it might not be as good as Libra in your own head, yeah, that's right. it might not be as good that's as them, right. but I am going to write a classic I, song. Exactly. And then, and then, but then you had to, there's a, um, the part I think people leave out all the time is the, the work it takes to do that, the rigor. So well, can you talk, right? Well, the, well, the thing, the, 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 the the challenge was erasing 
the previous 20 years or whatever, you know, this is, well, this is only 72, 70, what did I say, 71, 72. So, um, well, it's only about 10 years, I guess. So you had to erase, like, the, 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 the previous 10 years of the craft evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to get rid of the action to get back of to love. To get back to the primal thing. Yes, yes. And that's the challenge because, you know, you, can, you can't, you can only be naive once. You know, you can only be innocent once. So you got to like, okay, you know, I got to use the discipline now to get back to that, you know, and start from scratch. Pretend it's 1959, you know, and I'm in the Brill building and I need to write a song for the Drifters, okay? And I'm telling you right now, I still employ this method and this is and this is the essence of what I when I teach songwriting. This is what I teach. Okay, when you get stuck, write a song for another band. Okay, it makes total sense because to you me. write differently for other people. Okay, and you can see them more clearly. All right. Now, in the end, you can use the song yourself, of course, and and it's going to work for you. But but you know it's hard to write a song for yourself because it's hard to see yourself. You know, write a song, for, write a Beach Boys song, write a Stone song, right? You know, whatever, whatever, yeah, because whatever, in the end, know. of course, it probably won't be. That's right. Uh, it'll be your own. It'll be That's through right. your prism. That's right. That's right. right. It, it will be through your own prism, so it'll end up having enough of an original. You know, not maybe not the first one you're right, but the fifth one or that's the seventh one. That's absolutely right. You got it exactly. No, right. that's me and David Mamet when I'm in trouble. Like if I'm in trouble, uh. I think of early David Mamet. Uh. I'm like, how can I write something that maybe Mamet would have written? And that steers it, it, me in a direction. It won't, in the end, yeah, you're not, it's not going to be a scene that anyone in the audience is going to say, well, that's, I mean, they, they might have to take it a shot, but you know what I mean? They're not going to... We, we wish, right? No. We, we wish the audience was that intelligent. <laughs> Wait a minute now, you're stealing from them in here. Right. Once you in know? a while, they might take a shot. But, but, but that, that is useful to do in finding your own voice. Totally, totally right. And everybody, and I, you know, and I encourage everybody to do it, whether, whether, whatever art form you're in, you know, whatever media you're in. You know, uh, well, no, I mean, I'm, you know, you know you, you listen to, um, I mean, you listen to your new record, um, which I just, I wore the grooves out already, even though there are no grooves, so I didn't really wear the grooves out. I'm sure you did. Did you release it on vinyl? You, you yes, must have released it on vinyl. vinyl. I'll get you we just vinyl. got my We just got my daughter a record player. She's in college and she loves music, so we got her a record player. It's amazing to it's bring a record again. player back into the house. It's hip. Yeah, it's she only she, we got her the Vampire Weekend record. That's what she really wanted. The yeah, vinyl of yeah, Vampire right. Weekend. Yeah, and who, by bad. the way, I think they make their own. I think that Vampire Weekend makes like great. I don't know if you know their music. Not really. Not, not but much. they're not trying to. Imi- I'll say this: they're not trying to imitate anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're trying to make their own music, and it's become popular somehow. You might like. Well, you that's, might that's like their latest album. Always miraculous when that happens. And, yes, uh, it, good, it, God bless. You know what I mean. I, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, it is miraculous. Yeah, but, yeah. but I was gonna say, your new record and Bruce's new record are each. You can feel each of you trying to make, not trying, doing it, making records that um, are inspired by a very partic- different, very particular and different moods and tones. And you can hear again that you went back to a period of time. Well, right. it never you? really leaves me. You know what I mean? The, the 60s, you know, I, I always joke about this. You know, people say, you know, uh, you know, uh, are, you, are you being nostalgic about the 60s? I'm like, no, I, I never left. You know, I'm, I'm, I never, I'm still a 60s. Every, every fiber in my body is 60s. So it's always going to be there. And I actually, I like it being there. You know, you know I, I keep it there intentionally. Wait, wait I, I want to re- I want to hear this, but I want to revisit something that you said because I get what you said about the, you know, it's, it, and I've, I've heard other people in your position, like, say this before, you know, the worst thing is to be more famous than you are rich. But, are, dude, are you, excuse me for calling you dude, you're older than I am, but still, dude, 
uh, is it. I once called up an older producer. It doesn't matter. Dude, and he's like, I'm not your dude. Um, this guy once said, I am not your dude. Um, so I don't want to, you know, if I, our mutual friend, Arthur Nascarella, would slap my face if I called him. A, if I was like, dude, come over here. Nascarella would be like, buddy, buddy, don't call me fucking dude. Anyway, though. Anyway, dude. Here's the thing. I'm at the Jackson Brown concert two nights ago. And he plays your song. I'm sure you heard he played your song. The, uh, the uh, River. I'm a Patriot. Uh, yeah, I'm a Patriot. He played. And um, he says your name. And the whole audience goes crazy. Okay, at the huh? beacon, of course, man. Everyone starts yeah. putting their hands in the air nice, and cheering. Nice, like, nice. Are you not a so far, serious question yeah. though? Right? Are you not aware of the place you fill in the culture? Like, is is the, the Bruce thing so big that for you it feels like you're always under it somehow? Because I feel like um, I saw it. I was there, and I knew I was talking to you, so I paid attention. You know, when Jackson said your name, and I saw people light up. Do are do you do you not? Is that not track for you or? Well, no, there's no evidence of it. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, what does that I, mean? I don't ignore it. Well, I've been on tour now. I came back two years ago. Okay, and I and uh, look, yeah. and, Soulfire and, was a killer album know, of songs. If you're a fan of yours, you knew those songs by heart already. No, thank you. But I, it was you know 20 years after. Okay, yes. so I didn't expect to come back. You know exactly where I left off. But now we've been on the road two years um, with probably the greatest band, I mean, anyone's ever going to see, to be honest with you, okay? I mean, this band is ridiculous, okay? Uh, you know, in terms of 15-piece band, let's put it that way. The best 15-piece band right. you're ever going to see. Uh, and so we've been knocking people out, you know, for now for two years. And two albums later, and plus a four-hour uh, you know, double DVD live thing in the middle, right? Right. And I average about a thousand people. Right. Yeah. Understand? Right. I do. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, but a lot there's of no, there's, no, there's no evidence of of me being well, anything major in the culture. All right. Trust me. You know. And that, and that's where it is. That's where it shows up. You know. They they come to the show or they're not right. coming well, to the show. Right. Well, you being major, you know? but but you having a place in people. I mean, Jackson's only playing a. The, he's playing a bunch of nights at the Beacon, but. But he never stopped doing. I mean, he never stopped being a well, solo no, artist. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, no, not, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying to you, I don't have any evidence of. You, know, if, you don't have any I, evidence of it in 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 them showing up at night after night to see. You. No, I mean. Yeah. Let me, I wonder, put, let me put it this way, okay? And this takes some adjustment. Believe me. All right, we play Dublin with the East Street Band, okay? Stadium. We do three stadiums, <laughs> hundred eighty thousand people. I come back, play Dublin, around a thousand people. Right. Now, do you ask yourself, did 179,000 people have something better to do tonight? <laughs> you know? And the answer is yes. It turns out they did. <laughs> All right? So you, you need to make that adjustment. So, you know, I don't really, it's not like the Bruce thing overwhelms uh, the other stuff uh, necessarily. It's just separate. It's just a different, it does not translate. And by the way, Okay, I just played Oslo. Right. Okay, where literally a fifth of the country watched my show every week. Okay. Right, yeah. 1.2 million yeah, people. Lily Hammer, yeah. 5 million people in the country. Over a million people watched every week. I played a, a club. It's like a thousand people. <laughs> okay. I, I could be. Well, I, I think I, you got to. I, I think the attention when you're writing these songs is obviously to get a thousand people. <laughs> you got to fix your intention. <laughs> but I mean. I could be electing mayor of Oslo tomorrow, probably. You know what I mean? But 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 you know they're not. Uh, you wonder it, if people know that it, you're. It just doesn't. It doesn't cross over. Surprisingly, okay. You know, and 
And not only that, worse than that, I mean, we'll come to a town now with my band. In the old days, right, you do a great show. You come back to that town, everybody brings three, four friends. That's just how it was, okay? You know, whether you started with whatever it might be, 300 people, then it's 800, then it's 2,000, then it's 4,000. I mean, that's just how it worked, right? Not now. I'm coming, I'm coming to town, I'm killing them, all right? I mean, literally, we're winning them over song by song because they've never heard one single song. I understand that, okay? But we're winning them over song by song. I mean, like, uproarious applause and enthusiasm, okay? Come back to that same town, same number. Right. Same number. I, same number. I'm like, what do I, what are you going to do these days? You know, what, what the fuck do you got to do to, you know, to, to you know, and, and the answer is, hey, either you're viral <laughs> or you're not viral. You know what I mean? You've either gone viral, you either, you know, hook up with somebody who is viral or it not. It takes so much and, to get people, I'm trying and, to think about it, know, it takes so much to get people to come out of the house. I'm telling you. And, you know, and look, I'm the same way, to be honest with you, okay? You know, I mean, it's hard to get me out of the house, too. But, you know, right. like, you know, I, you know, and I, so I understand that. But when you're doing something at this level, you know, that I mean, when people see this band, they just, like, they can't quite believe it. You you're know? just keeping going, though, right? You're on tour now. Well, Aren't yeah, you coming yeah, through New yeah, York yeah, in yeah, a yeah. couple months? November, the, the tour ends November 6th at the Beacon. I'll be at that show. You know, but... Um, I'm just saying that... And I'll bring a couple people. <laughs> it won't just be me alone. I'll already bring... In, in advance, I'll bring the other two. I'm just saying that the door closed to what we used to call, you know, the business. You know what I mean? The, the, the rock business. We're out of the rock era, and we're out of the rock business also, okay? Yes, rock is still the biggest thing live, okay? If, you've already, if you're already a superstar, you know? And to, young to, people... It's always been a young person's game, meaning young audiences always drove... The sort of top of the business, don't you think? Yes, but keep in mind, for a while, rock was the pop music for yes. 30 years. Okay? Yes. Now it's not. So, yes, young people are still driving it, but now it's whatever. Yeah, Gaga sure. or Ariana Grande or it's Beyonce. Or, you know what I mean? It's hip-hop and pop. You know what I mean? It's still young people, but the, the Ariana Grandes of, of our day was the Beatles. Can you relate to any of that music? Any of them? Do you still listen to new music? I do try. You? I try to once in a while tune in and see what's going on, you know? Um, do you still love you music know? in general? Do yes. You still I, I still have to listen to, um, you know, we listen to... Uh, over a hundred songs a week to pick one song for our radio format. You know, our coolest song in the world. Oh, uh, by the way, we've introduced over a thousand new bands, right? And, and you know, so we still find a great new song every single week. And um, but you know, my you know, even though I got a pretty big, a pretty big umbrella, it's just, it's a pretty specific genre of traditional rock and roll. You know, I got to hear where they're coming from. You know, I I I, I can't play a. Uh, Valentine's, uh, what, what, what was the band you said before? Oh, Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend. Uh, you know, if I don't hear where they're coming from, they don't fit in my format. You know what I mean? Yes. So I have to kind of hear where they're coming from. So that's the connection that connects the dots from all my 5,000 records that I play. Sure, you know? that makes total sense. You know what I mean? So, so I'm, I'm still listening, but um, there are, you know, once in a while something will catch my ear uh, right now. Um, you know, I like this Bruno Mars. I think he's very good. Uh, you know, kind of filling that Prince, you know, Gap, you know, but he's he's good. And um, and the other thing I like really a lot, which is strange, um, is Billie Eilish. I, I think um, there's something special about her and, and her She's brother. She's the real deal, huh? Her, yeah. Well, yeah, her and, and her brother are kind of like co-writing in in a, in a real interesting way. You know, that's um, 
something, I don't know, there's something catching my ear about that. I mean, that. for me, Lord, I went and took my daughter to see Lord, and I understood that too. Lord uh, is like the real, she means it. She's doing, yeah. she's connecting and means it in a way. And it was interesting, they, the, the better album, of course, they liked less. She, her her uh, next record was actually like a record I think you would love if you, uh, what she's singing about. And then, nobody goes, but... But to you, all right, I got I to gotta go, and then I want to get to this moment you had a few years ago with Walking the Dog, but for you, you can only measure, it's, you, you have to measure it by people showing up. You don't have another way in your well, life to... Well, I mean, I, Can I, you I, look at this whole thing and go like, hey, I wrote St. Valentine's Day? Like, can you understand, hey, I wrote... Like, I remember sitting in the movie theater, and I somehow I had missed that song when it came out the first time, so I didn't hear it until I was in the movie theater watching Not Fade Away. Oh. And I hear this song in the theater. What, what album was it originally on? The Cocktail Slippers, so actually. I missed that. Uh, I, yeah, the Norwegian band. You know, I, I just missed that record somehow when it first sure. came out. You know, Good album, by the way. I, you should check that I'm out. I'm sure that it is. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm sure that I heard it since because I go to the movies, I hear that song, and I'm like, which is in Not Fatal. I'm like, that's the great, how did they, who fucking wrote that? You know, <laughs> because it killed me. Now, that's, for me, one of those great tests because, first of all, it's very hard in a movie to have a song work. You know, where the band in the movie is playing the song. <laughs> right. It's going to be cheesy and corny, right? <laughs> and I remember sticking around to see who wrote the song. And, and mm. of course, you wrote it. And um, and it was a great test because it's like, yeah, I just love that guy's music. Like, it didn't matter. I didn't know it was Steve Van Sant. But you can't look at something like that and think to yourself, well, I wrote a good – That's a. I did it. I did a thing on that day that matters. Oh, no, no. I feel good about, about – the work. Uh, don't get me wrong. Because no, no. that still matters I'm not, more, I'm not, right? I'm not, I'm not judging my work by okay, its success. Great. Don't Thank worry you. about that. I just that. want to make sure we oh, stated no, no, that. No, 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 I just no, want to no. make sure that's on the hurt no, that no. we're stating that. No, and, and, that's, and that's, you know, part, you know, survival instinct and part, you know, defensive whatever, but also part uh, the fact that I'm, my standards are higher, okay, than, than the current, you know, society. I know that, you know. So I'm not judging things the same way. And I mean that before an album even comes out, you know. I mean, this new album blew my mind, okay, because it was such a gift at this point in my life to have a complete artistic breakthrough. Yes. You know, it's completely different from anything I've ever wrote, written before for me, you know. Uh, and, and, well, the and, sense of hope, and I, I will say, there's a sense, right from the first track, communion, but then a world of our own and love. There, there, to, to me, there's a hopefulness, a yearning in the album and um, a possibility of redemption that's different than on a lot of your records. Well, there's that, but it's also fiction for the first time. I read about that. I didn't you know, pick that up, but I yeah. listening, but I did read that. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I really, because I, like I said before, in the 60s, right, right really into the 80s, you had to have a very strong identity. Uh, I mean, the 80s kind of became a little bit homogenized with the, with the hard rock hair metal stuff but but you still even then you know you needed to have your own identity you know before you you know did anything so my identity was the political guy you know i decided i'll be the political guy because nobody else is really doing that in their work there are people doing it all over the place like jackson brown and john hall and bonnie Raitt and graham nash and you know jefferson airplane before them and grateful dead before them you know they're all doing protests and demonstrations and showing up everywhere and that's all great but they weren't necessarily doing it that much in their work you know except for moments you know volunteers of america I mean, the, the punk bands were doing um, um some of them I and mean, the yeah. clash were doing it in their work yeah i mean they're a new way whatever you want yeah to yeah some of the punk yeah bands a, a little bit yeah yeah in a, in a 
vague way, yes. Um, so anyway, so that became my thing. So I said, you know, well, if I give that up, you know, then who am I? You know, right. if I don't do an autobiographical record, who am I? And, and so the Soulfire album was extremely important as a transition because I'm like, wait a minute, I like I like these songs. I want to write them for me, you know, you know, and so that was the idea. You know, let me see if I can write something for me that I write for some other people, and then by that I mean fiction. And um, and then I decided, you know, we are in such a dark period of our civilization, which you know I think is the darkest ever, really. I think maybe worse than the Vietnam era. I think you know if you go back to post slavery and Jim Crow, back back to World War II, anyway. uh, Yeah, Jim Crow America and now. I agree with you totally. You know know what I mean? I totally agree. Fucking dark. Okay. I mean, you know, on Twitter, you can see, we see this the same. You yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I, you know. So what's my usefulness? You know, I, I always ask myself this. You know, and, and look, I, I think most artists do. You know, whatever. Some some may not, but we have an obligation as artists. I think to some extent. Okay, yes, you want to be personally expressive. You want to be honest. You want to accurately represent the moment you're you're working in. But I think you also want to ask yourself, how can I be useful? I, you know, I think that comes up. You know, it should come up, I think. So in the 80s, my usefulness was, you know, the whole world was having a party. And I was like, okay, my job is to piss on the parade, all right? I'm going to come, all right, and say, listen, while you're partying here with the with grandfather cowboy president, you know, smiling, we're supporting half the dictators in the world, okay? Yes. And, you know, and we need to do something about this. So I was shining a light on all these vampires, right? So I'm like the the, the, the guy who's, you know, literally the party pooper of, of, of the 80s, right? And now, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, well, everybody's depressed to the point of suicide. You know, and now I'm like, let's dance. You know? right. <laughs> let's, okay, everybody, yeah. let's, have, let's but dance. But the opening for, song you know? is about community. Is you saying, let's do it get, together. Let's, let's, let's get, get together. together. The, the, the three words of that chorus explain the entire theme of the album, period. It's clear. You know? I mean, that's clear to me. And, and, and that you're was tr- it. You know, let me do something that's light. Let me do something that's hopeful. Let me, let me provide some optimism. You're inviting people in. I mean, you are inviting people in. We need it right now. You know, we need it. I mean, because it's so it's so dark right now, and I and, and I don't see any light anywhere close either, you know. Uh, God forbid what happens twenty twenty, but uh, I'm getting really nervous about that too. Well, <laughs> if it goes the wrong way, then you're gonna have to go back to more. We're gonna have to go back to you know. You know you're gonna have to lead the uh, yeah. insurrections. But 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 you know, let's hopefully you know. We'll start to see, I guess, tonight. It's going to be the beginning of... Uh, yeah, tonight will be the beginning we'll of... Well, tonight, there's the first uh, the yeah. first Democratic debate is tonight. This will go up... Um, oh, that's right. Well, I mean, in a couple... It doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, yeah. Maybe we'll know a little bit more by the time mm. uh, people are listening to this. I, but probably not. Uh, <laughs> you know? But anyway, but that, but I feel that was the usefulness right now. Provide a little... You know, provide a little light in this darkness, you know, as opposed to the 80s where it was just the opposite. You know, you know what I mean? Well, if people don't know listening to this, because there are people of all ages who, who listen to the show... Uh. I mean, not kids, but, you know, uh, go listen to Sun City. Go listen to uh, what what Steve did during that time. And the most high-profile thing was Sun City, which you can only find on YouTube, I think, right? Yeah, when are you re-releasing when are you re- it? Yeah, that's all coming back out. Um, um, well, it just got moved again. I was hoping for September, but it ain't going to make September so now. So it's Artists United against... Uh, that, well, there's going to be some... I think it's an anniversary in February. Um, By the way, that is another good way for you to uh, make sure that you're not as rich as you are famous is make sure that your most famous song you ever sang 
is only for charity. <laughs> Which that song, literally, that's a genius. Let me just say, no. that's a genius move. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the best chorus, look, look. like literally a chorus that go, I mean, a chorus that you can't. You hear it once, you can't get it out of your head for thirty years, look, and you don't take a dime for it. Anybody can have a hit, okay? But but keeping your mystique. For 40 years. Bob, who's producer, is in here laughing. You know the try, song, right? I mean, it try, is. Try, try working for 40 years without a hit. Okay, that's, that's, oh, that's your trick. That's the challenge, okay? Anybody can have a hit. But keep your mystique for 40 years <laughs> without a hit. <laughs> and keep working somehow. Now, that's tricky. That's now you pulled something You know what I'm saying? Up. That's, that's, that's but, yeah. Can you talk about, so I, I, I often talk on here about these, like, dark nights of the soul artistically. Uh, so I just this morning I found that speech you gave at Rutgers, and I want to tell you to people I almost just made this whole podcast us going through it line by line because I think it's one of the best commencement speeches. And oh, thank you. Well, and I really relate to it because before Billions, I was really my partner and I were really out there in the wilderness and like felt like our career was over. And I've talked about it enough on here, hmm. but I had to go through a whole process of refinding a voice and knowing that I could do it again, and then it led so. Yeah. When I read your, and, and um, similar to what you were talking about, uh, I had found people told us we were unhireable in the business, basically. Our, uh, an agent said, you're unhireable because something had flopped and another thing had a problem and politically. Like, and we were in this period where they were like, you guys are basically done. And I had to decide if I believed it or not, right? And then I had to decide, well, what does it mean? Well, how was I complicit in that? What do I need to do? And this idea came of... Well, we better write something undeniable. Actually, hmm. something so good that it doesn't matter. There you go. And that it transcends the bullshit. Like, hmm. take the conversation out of it. Now, that's really hard to do. And to gin up in yourself, hmm. I got to do it one more time at 49, which is what I was. You know, at 49, I got to find a way to write something undeniable. It's fucking hard, right? And you got to, like, so I read this speech, and I'm, I'm just going to read something that you said. Because and then I want to talk about it. Right. So you're giving a speech. You're talking about how after this political period, you you found yourself wandering a wasteland, right? Because you felt outcast. Is that accurate? Yeah. You felt like no one would give you a record deal. Yeah, I mean they didn't say blackball, but but I was. <laughs> you know, you could feed people in Africa, but you start bringing down governments. You know, they get nervous. <laughs> That's when they get nervous. And so and they put pressures, and you you got you found yourself in a spot. But you write this. You said. My mind went back to the Sahara Desert, and I did nothing but walk my dog for the next seven years. Gives you time to think, to reflect. How did I get there? I decided if I ever worked again, I'd never stop. As I analyzed my life and I began to separate back that which had become inseparable, the politics from the work. I realized how lucky I'd been to grow up when I did. It was a true Renaissance period where my standards would forever be set very high. And then you said, it was all around me growing up, but I hadn't felt it lately. And that's what separates the vitality of life from the mundane. And then there's this. Somewhere over the course of about seven years, as I walked my dog, I decided greatness would be my business. It would be my obsession if I ever worked again, and I've been tasting greatness ever since. Seeking it out, supporting it where I find it, creating it when I can. I decided life was too short to tolerate and endorse the mediocrity that most of the world was drowning in back then, and it's worse now. The whining, complaining, endless excuses that get made for all the reasons why things can't happen. I knew I'd be running in quicksand when at least I'd be fighting to preserve the life force that is driven by reaching for greatness. That's amazing to me, and it's an incredible North Star to set out for yourself. And, and it came just, just by growing up when we did. I mean, honestly, it wasn't something um, you necessarily went out and looked for. It was all around us, okay? It was in the air. It was oxygen, you know? But most people would be only blamed. Like, you talk about it being seven years of thinking and wandering. 
And most people might get mired in only the blaming of the other people. It seems to me like you were taking a different kind of stock too and saying, well, the part of this I can control is the, the power and spirit and intention I bring to my work. So what, how did you come to that? Well, that's, that's, that's the bottom line, isn't it? What, what, you know, what, what, are, what are we all trying to do in this world? We're trying to control our own destinies, right? I mean, that's really that's what the bottom line is. And, and, and um, you know, those of us who are in collaborative-type, you know, arts, uh, and, and, and you are, you know, worse than me in, in the sense of, you know, I, I, I know the TV business pretty good myself, and that's even harder than, than having a band, you know, uh, in terms of controlling your own destiny. Um, you got to just bring it back down to the part that you can control. In your case, you know, the writing, right? It's, it's in, you can completely control the writing, that's okay? Right. And that's where you got to begin again. You know, you got to go back to that and then, and then build from there. And then you got to deal with, you know, all, all, all of these assholes who are agents, you know. I mean, the, the lowest form of human life, as far as I'm concerned, you know. These motherfuckers, you know, they wait for the phone to ring and, uh, you know. Yeah, you got to deal with all the you know, business bullshit, all the people. Believe me, I know the person who said, you know, I mean, the guy, I know the guy who said you'll never work. You know, um, the guy who said to us, you're unhireable. And we fired them, obviously, right? That's the first thing we did was say, well, that's okay. You're, you're, not, our, you're not representing us anymore. Yeah, I know. I fired every agent in L.A. twice. Did it fix everything? You know, no, no they're all not. the same. It doesn't matter. You know, it's it's sort of like, you know, you you, you come to realize that you know, after a while you stop firing people because they're all the same. And it, whether it's an agent or whether it's a publicist or all these people, they basically are as successful as you are. Okay? This is so important what you just said, dude. You know? Dude, I called you dude again. I just called Steve Van Zandt dude again. I, I, but no, I don't here's mind the thing. That. I don't mind. Here's I'm the thing. I got, I'm fine it's with fine. that. Here, here's the thing. Uh, but it's so important what you just said because that is the most frequent question I get from people who want to do this stuff is how do I get representation? <laughs> and of course, that, that's not a solve for anything, right? <laughs> it's the least important part. That's where the problems begin. Right. <laughs> you know. No, because uh, if you create something that's actually undeniable, they will be all over you for that's, that period that's, of time. That's right. And, and then the key is parlay. Okay, that's the key word. If you need one, right, right? I mean, greatness. You know, begins with greatness. The next thing, right after that, parlay. Okay, take your success and parlay that into your next success. And I mean, don't wait around. All right, billions is hot right okay, now. Go do the next thing. You should be have. You should have three deals going right now for your next thing. Okay, I'm telling you. And I said the same thing as David Chase on Sopranos. You know, there's that second season of Sopranos. I'm like, you know what? We got something going here, okay? I said, start thinking about what you want to do next. And he's like, what? What are you talking no, about? But that's, this, but, that's, uh, but that's like another question. You so know? I'm interested in this. I get that theory, but it, that's another question because, I mean, but, um, Dave and I just made it. We're, we're good. We just made a, like a long-term deal with Showtime. So they're, we're good in that way. But, but I think about David Chase and Matt Weiner. So you were close to it. I don't know Chase. Um, but one thing Dave and I noticed, my, the, my partner Dave, was, uh, yeah. and I noticed, is that David Chase didn't go make something. He just focused on trying to make The Sopranos great. Now, career-wise, maybe that's fucked. But, but in terms of, it, it, uh, in it, terms it, of it, doing the thing, though. It's he, more ironic than that. Okay? You want to hear the ultimate irony? Yes. David Chase, single-handedly, <laughs> changes television. Yeah, forever. Okay. He makes television hip. He makes television the medium for adult oh, entertainment. Yeah, he don't, he don't. Okay? 
what's he want to do next? He wants to make movies. <laughs> right. I'm like, I, I, I literally had my hands around his neck. Okay? I'm like, David, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You want to make movies? You just completely changed the entire business. Movies no longer are relevant because of you. Right. <laughs> and now you got to make that. Well, we're all chasing the thing, but he's chasing what he loved as a kid. That same was as it. you. That's right. Steve, That's same exactly as you. exactly right. Exactly right. He's chasing the thing that mattered to him That's was it. Zeffirelli and That's right. Truffaut. That's and right. that's what he's got to chase. That's right. I mean, not chase. I'm sorry about it. I mean, that's what he's got to go after. I hate that chase. That's what he's got to go after, though, right? Yeah. He and, has and to look, go after and, that. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, I, you know, but and also, it, hearing you say this, I mean, I saw in that speech you also, and you're joking, and it's a great punchline, but you say the stupidest thing ever and that you were a schmuck for leaving the band. But you, of course, did this. Your advice is coming from the place, as you say, about you know, pa- pa- um, make sure you parlay, and, and as the thing is just about to hit, don't walk away from it, make more of it. But, you know, you weren't only, and this is another thing that pe- people miss, you weren't only in the E Street Band. I mean, you produced, helped produce the most important records and produced them cope you know you was you land down and chuck right i mean you guys did it together i mean i walked away from all of that and you walked away from it and now you called yourself a schmuck and i say it again with a capital s you really you really think that yes you Uh, think you could have become the art the person you are if you'd no if you'd stayed it's it's a tough call because i i know you learn everything i've learned i've learned since i left that's okay. what I'm asking. You became... And the first, the first thing you learn is I shouldn't have left. That's <laughs> so, you know. How soon did you know? How soon did you know you felt that way? I, I remember the day it happened. Okay, I'm on a plane to South Africa, and uh, um, this is um, after Sun after the Sun City record. No, no, just, oh. just to oh. do the research. Okay, for yes. Sun City. Okay, so uh, seventy five. I no, I mean 85. You know, I had done uh, two albums, right? Voice of America had just come out. And it came out um, three months before Born in the USA. I didn't realize he was going to call it Born in the USA. Okay, so I come out with all these American flags. and Hilarious. Right? Voice of America. I'm making, like, my political statement of my life. And, I, and all of a sudden, his stuff starts to come out. And of course, the media was like, get, "Get this out of the way, so we can make room for Born in the USA." So, anyway, so uh, I realized uh, you're flying I'm, to South Africa. I'm, I'm, I'm literally on that 18-hour flight, whatever, you know, from Paris, and it 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 it, it hit me, you know, because I was obsessed up until that moment. I was completely obsessed and busy with the politics and the research. I'm studying for the first time in my life. I'm reading books for the first time in my life. You know what I mean? I never did any of in that. In your 30s, you're reading books for the first time in your life. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I said, you know, I got to figure out what's going on with this whole world. You know, who's pulling the strings? You know, wh- who are we supporting? What, 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 what's our government doing? Um, you know, if I'm a citizen, of, I, I just discovered that I was a citizen of America, right? I tell that story. Yeah, million, you tell the story in the speech and all yeah. of that. That's a great story. The yeah. idea being you realized, holy shit, we're doing some stuff I don't agree with and I never knew. Right, right. Right, so I'm, I'm I'm completely obsessed with that. I right? I leave the band because of it, and I'm busy with all of that, and I'm continuing my research now going to South Africa. That's the one place I couldn't find out much about, you know, out of the 44 wars we were engaged in. Um, and on that flight, it just I kind of for whatever reason, I, I used to be very nervous about flying. I had a real thing about it. And suddenly, I, I lost all my complete f- fear of, of flying because I realized 
I had ended my life. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, my life it was, was already over. Over, you know. Oh my lord! Yeah, and it wasn't funny. Uh, it's funny you know? now. <laughs> it's funny now. But I was oh, like, you really had that clear I was thought. Like, yeah, I said I worked for fifteen years to make a living in rock and roll. We make a living for two years, and then I and I leave. You know, you know the river. Right, the river tour was the first time we succeed. Were successful. You right? guys didn't make money on the darkness tour. No, are you kidding me? That was a complete loss. We're playing not even ten percent filled arenas. It was it was nothing, so here we are, you know, finally successful, and I leave. So I'm like, you know, and I now I'm, now I'm playing since I'm, since 1965. This is 1980, okay, right. 15 years trying to make a living. We finally make the living, and I leave. Right? I'm like, you know, I don't know what you were thinking, but you know that was really bad thinking, and uh, you just committed suicide. Uh, but you didn't call to get back in the band right then. No, no, it it, it was. Um, no, I think it was it was just it was just too late, you know. It was too late, um, you know. It, it, it just didn't feel like I was on I was on a path at that point that I needed to follow through. But with, you did you need know? to. But this is what I'm at. I mean, especially since you guys did come back, you know, you did come back together. Yes, it must feel like. Do, do you think you could have come back together and been at peace with being, uh, you know, not the? I mean, you maybe the band leader in terms of like the musical but but in other words coming back to being the second guy on the stage the co-captain wouldn't it have been hard to just do that the whole time no that's my inclin that's my inclination that's my natural inclination so no that's that's where you i'm could always have written happy. through that yes but could i have dedicated the amount of time and and travel and research uh, had i stayed in the band probably not would South Africa, would Sun City have happened? Probably not. You think the Sopranos you know? would have happened? Who, uh, I don't know if the Sopranos. Well, maybe in between tours, you know, that might, might have happened. But um, but South Africa, probably not, you know. And, and so, you know, you, you, you try and justify, okay, I walked away from my entire power base, my friends, my, my the money, at least tens of millions, probably hundreds of millions, uh, literally, uh, you know, and okay. So how do I justify? Because that? you would have kept producing those records too. Yeah, I'm saying that's. And, and I want to say what we're talking about yeah. also is because you were the producer of those records too. Yeah. yeah. It, producing comes with right people. No, no. Producing comes with royalty. It's not just sideman money for right. you. That's right. The money for you is different because you're a partner in certain ways. Yeah, and I could have parlayed that. Yes, and you parlay you that know, into producing you know. other acts and all that shit like Roy did. People did that. Well, yeah. Well, the, the king of the parlay, of course, was my good friend Jimmy Iovine, who, yes. you know, basically, when you look up parlay in a dictionary, you'll and find there's a picture, picture of, of Jimmy Iovine. And then a bunch of betters yeah. who lost everything. Yeah. By the way, if you're doing parlays, <laughs> let me just say, Steve's talking about life. He's not telling you to do a parlay on Football Sundays. Because <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a Different. Sucker, that is truly a... I'm talking about uh, successful parlay. A sucker, a sucker play. <laughs> what anyway, so what do you think that. it was though that rock and roll nourished in you? Were you an ever because you're somebody who I've seen you at out at events and it's not and at events with other rock stars, uh, Hall of Fame kind of stuff, and you people just gravitate over to you. You have an effect on a room. When you were a kid, were you? I've heard you refer to yourself as an outsider, but it's hard to picture. Were you a pop? Were you a pop? Like, did you have friends? Were you well, on when, the when, outside when, of the mainstream? Well. well, well the, the in, as far as society goes, yes. I was a complete freak. Um, 
nobody had long hair in, in those days. I mean, nobody had, right. you know, I got kicked out of school for having long hair, you know. Uh, I got kicked out of my house. Um, you know, so I, we were complete freaks. I mean, like I, I've talked about many times, uh, in the end, you know, me and Bruce were the only guys left standing. Right. Because everybody else who had a band, uh, who had a choice, took it. You know, college, uh, a job, military, sports, whatever. We were the only ones who were complete misfits. So, so, but, but within the music, within our, you see, so our thing was create your own world. Okay, that's the whole rock and roll ethos. You know, that's the whole yeah. reason that's, you know, that, 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 the reason why you get into it is to create your own world, you know, as much as you can. And, uh, and so within that world, um, you know, we have become anybody from that era who grew up with those high standards and that whole greatness obsession, you know, uh, and having no regard really for the commercial aspect of the world, you, you know, uh, I think end up having a lot of respect because we're just the, the orthodox, you know, rock and roll religion people, you know. I mean, that's 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 a, that's just a fact. So so anybody have in the music business, I'm yes. not a freak, you know. Uh, although now I am no, again. But I know what you mean. <laughs> but, but, but no, but, but in that, society, yeah. You I mean I, you didn't fit into the society of high school with that's the people. Right, that's but right. as soon as you found this world, is that what rock and roll gave you a brotherhood right away? Totally. What, is that what you recognized in the Beatles and the Stones? Yes. When, These and, are my and, brothers as somehow? opposed to everything before that, which was individuals. Okay, uh, the individuals was it's look at me. It's all about me. Not interested. Not you interested. were never interested in that. Never interested in show business or any of that. Okay, it was the band, the friendship, the family, right? The 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 the, the football team, the the posse, right? That was it. And as I've said many many times, you know, the difference was, you see the Beatles. Now we discovered them halfway through their career. They were way too good, okay, to really, you know, they, they, they revealed a new world to us mm -hmm. of the band, which was very exciting, okay, four guys living together, working together, you know, this was something, uh, you know, that really attracted you, but they were just too good to relate to. Four months later, the Rolling Stones come, and, and you know, and they don't have the perfect hair, you know, except for Brian Jones, and, and you know, and they're kind of not very good looking, except for Brian Jones, right. and, and 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 you know, they were in different things, and you know, they don't have any harmony, you know, you know what I mean, and, it's and just you were like, like, I could do that. That, they, that, that seems possible. That was it. They were the, like the first punks. So yeah, that. But number one, that seemed possible. But number two, much more importantly, for the first time in my life, okay, I'm watching this on Hollywood Palace. And Mick Jagger does something that I've never seen before in my life. He didn't smile. Okay? This changed everything for me. You know? Because now, the first person ever in show business that i ever seen not smile. Okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, that means this is not show business anymore, this guy. This is, this is a lifestyle. Now I'm in. I'm in for the lifestyle. Okay? Showbiz... You know, I can live without, you know? Uh, you know, to this day, I mean, I, I enjoy it now a little bit. But, but back then, the show business aspect... Oh, but it was the life. It was, I'm, I can be a part of a ga this. I can be in this. Yep, 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 yep. And you live it. You live it off stage, on stage. You know what this I mean? This is one of my favorite Obama quotes about Dylan. You know, Dylan came to some event and didn't talk to him. He came, he gave him a medal, and Dylan, like, hardly talked to him at all. And someone said, how do you feel about that? And Obama said... You don't want Bob Dylan showing up cheesing and grinning all over the place. 
That's what he said. He said, you don't want Bob Dylan cheesing and grinning all over the place. Which is, that's why Obama was so cool. I mean, just the best. Yeah. Because he didn't want, you know, he he knew he wanted Bob snarling. Because that's, that's the Bobby, you know, that's the, the Bob that he got that day. Was this yeah. uh, snarling cat. So you recognize that in, in yeah, the Yeah, it changed my life. That moment changed my life, for sure. So Mick having a heart attack, did that fuck you up? To sort of what that all means? Well, that or whatever, was, not a heart attack, whatever it was. That was, yeah, it was strange, you know. I mean, if he outlives Keith Richards, I mean, right. it's one of the great scientific uh, you know, miracles of all time. But, you know, it was just, um, yeah, it was concerning because, you know, you want them to live forever, honest, obviously. Uh, for one thing, as long as they're on, on the road, you know, we're still the new guys on the block. So, you know. And where do you think, because um, you, you said a couple times, you know, this is your, your nature is to be. Uh, part of the team, not the lead singer, to be the guy, you know, I'll, I'll write you a song, I'll play you a great part. Here, I'll, here Bruce has said it, you know, I'll give you this the guitar producer, part to, producer, yeah. to run and I'm not going to ask you for songwriting credit or, or for, the, for that. What, what is it well, that gave you the... We should go back to that. But okay, go ahead, well, go let's ahead. go back to it. Well, no, I didn't write the I know riff. you didn't write the song. Oh, oh, he oh, says you wrote the guitar part. No. Oh, tell us. What no, did you no, write? No, no, no. I just fixed it. Did you write the... Dun, dun, okay. You just, I, I, you it, just arranged it. Was it just arranging? Uh, um, no, it was... <laughs> no, tell. Was it just arranging? Uh, I'm trying to think as quickly as I can here. They, they'd worked on, on Born to Run, the song, for a long time. All right? And the career was kind of over. It was in trouble. So he put everything in the, into that song. I mean, they worked on it for literally for like months. One song. Yeah. And they were finally done. In those days, you had the mix... Manually, yes. Okay, and um, so you, you had, had your hands on the on three, the what board was an SSL or whatever, you whatever. Had, well, before SSL, Neve, it was like yeah, you had your hands on the board. on th- three guys at least would have their hands on various faders. That's why every single mix was different because you had little lines you're supposed to move the fader to, but you never quite got there, you know, or maybe went too right. far, right? So you know, the mix was an experience in itself. They, like, were mixing it for weeks, okay, in addition to the months, right? So he says, come on up and hear my new song, right? Okay, this is great. I come up, you know, and he plays me a song. And I said, man, that's really cool. I really, really like that that minor chord riff, you know, that Roy Orbison vibe. It's like, a, it's like something the Beatles would have done, you know? And he says, uh, what do you mean minor chord? What, what minor chord? I said, the minor chord in the riff. The main riff. He says, there's no minor chord in the, in the main riff. What the fuck are you talking about? I said, Bruce, the, 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 the riff, the main riff for the song, I said, it's a minor chord. He says, you're out of your fucking mind. What are you talking about? Right? So what had happened was, <laughs> he's bending a note, you know, Dwayne Eddy style, okay? So the, the riff is, right? ba Ba da 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 da, right? Oh, he's, he's bending the note. Uh, only they had been working on it so long, you know, they started to hear what they want to hear. So you could hear where he was bending the note from, but you never quite heard where it went to. So I'm hearing. Ba, ba da da da, da oh. right? And I love it, right? I'm, I'm giving you a... Well, you're not hearing the resolve that... No. That, he was going... Da, 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 ah. Right? Bending that note. But it's not getting there. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so uh, I'm like, you know, you know, and I'm really digging this crazy, you know, Roy Orbison type of riff, you know? And he's like, oh... And finally, he, he starts to hear it, you know? He's like, holy shit. 
You know? So he goes and tells the other 12 guys in the room who wanted to kill me. Yeah, of know? course. Yeah, so he credits me with saving his career with that move. But <laughs> right. it was, it was well, just, then it, you joined the band. Is that part why he then said no, you got to no. join the band? No, no. I, I had been visiting the sessions, you know. And uh, and you were maybe going to join no, any, no, no. anyway? No, he, he wanted to start putting the guitar down. You know, he wanted to start fronting. Right, and so uh, that's that's when I joined. So that's when you you joined. All right, so we clear. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. it's not that you helped write the riff. It's no. that you you actually heard the riff that he was trying to write. Yeah, he just corrected. You know, it was just it was just recorded in a, in a strange way that that you know I it needed to be corrected. That's all. You know? I'm sure that that ended that engineer's career. I mean, whoever that engineer was, <laughs> no, it, no, it must have ended his career. No, they were all hearing no. it though. Wasn't this engineer? Wasn't Jimmy the engineer? Or no? no, not yet. Oh, who not was yet. it? No, no, it was a little later. That. <laughs> <laughs> that was like on the next record. No, Jimmy would have slept through it. But. Okay, there you go. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to give you the opportunity to take a shot at Jimmy. That's all I was trying to help you, I did, uh, which I did. But Okay, that's a hard thing to do to walk into a room and say that. Like, and where well, did, were your parents, Where did you get this sort of sense of self? And it ties into, I think, the the, the 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 you said these periods of time where you take stock. Had you and you you said the first time was really when you were twenty one, but I'm wondering if it happened before that because like I journal every day and meditate. I don't know if you journal, but what do you do that like? Like allows you to t- yeah I do it I, I journal every oh, morning. Oh, I wish I had done that. Well, yeah, you, you don't a- know how I wish I had done that. Yes, so many times, you know. I, I mostly wish I had had a crew when I did Film. Lily Hammer. Sure. Oh, that must have been. It, it would have been there's much no bigger B-roll. than a there's, show. There's no B-roll for that. <laughs> no, show? I mean, if you could see what I had gone through, you know, guys, a guy, foreign guy, starring in a local, of course. you know, it, it would it would have been bigger than the show. So, but anyway, but but but, but uh, anyway. where do you get the comfort in your own skin? Did you always have it? Did you always have this sense of who you were, this sense of purpose? Yeah, I don't know or did why. You discover uh, it later? No, I, I mean, I didn't. No, I I, I didn't uh, have any sense of purpose until uh, until rock and roll kind of uh, knocked on my door. You know what I mean? And even then, it was a long shot, man. I mean. I'm not sure when uh, I started feeling any kind of real confidence, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm not sure when that happened. Uh, but at some point, you start to feel like you understand what's what, what you're doing. I don't know when that was, though. Um, well, when you were out there playing, was it after you hurt your hand, you think, or before that? Like, when you were in those bands in the... How do you know? Basically, this question people always ask me is like, how do you know if you're delusional or if you really are the re- if you really have the thing? Uh, yeah, that's tricky. I mean, you get you get immediate feedback if you're in a rock band or maybe if you're in a theater group or something like that. You know, much different than the TV world. Um, you know, you get that you get that immediate live feedback, which I guess can be encouraging or not. <laughs> you know, I yes. mean, so I mean, you got to kind of. When did you realize you were good, though? Well, very early on. I mean, the, my very first band, we would win all the band battles. You know what I mean? Uh, so I mean, I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a thing for it almost immediately. You know, and I don't know why that is, but you know, we are our taste in the end, aren't we? You yes. Know, you know what I mean? Yes. And we, how do you define that? It's just DNA, isn't it, or something, or, or circumstance, or combined with environment? With well, you, know. you keep refi- some. Well, I was, this is the final thing, and I was going to ask you this, which is part of it. I think is that searching thing of continuing to want to refine all that, like continuing to trying to grow. Which it feels well, to me like you've consciously just to get back to that greatness idea. It seems to me like when you made that choice, 
it wasn't a short-term choice for you. It was like, I am now spending the rest of my life trying to get creatively better. Yeah, and I think it's, I'm not sure that's a choice you make, though. I think it might be built in, you know? I think it might be just, uh, you know, some people are just, are just like that for some reason. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't remember sitting down saying, okay, I'm going to decide to be great or, or seek out greatness, you know? It's just something that you naturally do. Um, but you did make you know, a decision that you were going to exclude all the rest of the bullshit at a certain time. Yeah, because you're trying to make yourself happy, you know? Um, I mean, I had ADD when, way before it was fashionable, you know? Too, <laughs> so man. I get bored quickly, you know, which is why for the first time, you know, I'm very happy with this right now. Like I said, it was an artistic breakthrough with Summer of Sorcery because, you know, all my other, my previous records in the 80s were all very creative and I like them all. And they were all a form of growth, a form of evolution, but horizontally, you know, they were all different, okay? And so I always wondered, geez, I would just like to, you know, for once, you know, evolve the way everybody else does, vertically, you know, by doing exactly the same thing, only the next version of it. You know what I mean? Now, the, the evolution forward, better, the thing... But um, a more concentrated... Just a, an evolution of exactly that thing, okay? Like a, se a season two, if you will. Yes. Okay, in, in a TV, right? Rather than a different TV show. I understand completely. I mean, so, you know, and, and, you know, and, and being creative and, and doing different things like I did was, was fine. But I always wanted, you know, I want to really, you know, I want to be like the Stones or the Ramones. You know, I want to do exactly the same thing, only better, you know, or, or you know. But, and so this is the first time in my life I've ever done two records of the same band with the same sound, you know? So that's why it's so exciting for me, you know, to have that evolution take place at this point in my life for the first time, you know, to actually hear where I can go with this thing. Um, and and, and it's, it's exciting in a whole new way, you know, that... Um, that you know makes makes you it's it's liberating. It's like you know I'm now into fiction after doing documentaries my whole life. You know, wow, I can write about anything. But it <laughs> feels know? like the, I'll say about this record, if you've ever liked any of Steve's music, uh, this does still feel. It's exactly what you said, because Soulfire. I, I I listened to Soulfire all the summer that it came out, and that's why you know we. We used the song Soulfire on the show, which you and I had a very funny back and forth on, and uh, which I'll just say, which is the greatest, one of the best favorite, like, licensing uh, a song. Like, we knew each other a little bit. I knew you'd be predisposed, but you call, and I, so I put it through the regular channels, and then you wrote me, and you said, listen, I'm, I'll, you texted me, you go, listen, I'll, I'll let you use the song, but you got to really use it. You go, I'm tired. I don't want to be behind the thing or thing. And I said, I give you my word. And then when we were in the editing room, I call, I texted you and I go, you can come over right now. I'll show it to you. But you were like in Norway or something playing. And you were like, well, I can't get over there because I'm across the ocean. But if you tell me, and then we did. We did the right thing. I trusted you. I, trusted I did. You. We did the right thing. And I, I sort of saw on social media, everyone heard it and people were commenting. Big back streets wrote about it. Big reaction. It was everywhere. Really? No, we, you know, it was, we made sure that we put it front and center. No, and, that, was, um, that was nice. But I love that album. And then this album is even even better, even stronger, and um, I love the songs. And the, I mean, that record is a collection of these incredible songs you wrote over a lifetime. And what's amazing to me is that this album does not feel in any way like a step backwards. Like, it, these songs do not feel like they were all written since then. I so know. it's I gotta, an amazing thing. I got to agree because, you know, and I, and I tell you the truth, you know, that last show that we did, you know, 
I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to beat the show. How do I beat the show? It's the story of my life, you know? And, and this new show, I'm telling you, we beat it. Well, I'll you be know? there. It'll be the first week of shooting, but I'll make sure of the new season. But I will make sure to be at the Beacon. Uh, November uh, 6th, the Beacon Theater. Go stream or buy uh, Steve's new album, um, which is called... Summer of Sorcery, and, and forget about the streaming. Just buy. <laughs> All right, fine. Just buy it. Little Steven, and then this one, it's weird. So if you go on iTunes and you put in Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul, it won't come up. you got to go to Little Steven because you put the parentheses in the Disciples of Soul. It's, I'll show you. I'll show you on my computer. I didn't put the parentheses, but Someone put did. parentheses. you got to go search around for the new album. It's not just as easy as going to... If you go to Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul, it doesn't come up. Mm. It only comes up on Little Steven. Yeah. I'll show you. All right, everybody, Stephen, uh, thank you anyway, so much. You can find you. Steve Van Zandt on um, social media under, what's your name on Twitter? Stevie, Stevie Van Zandt. And he's there. He's there tweeting away. Don't, he doesn't not interested in you critiquing the newest Bruce album on his feed. Yeah. Talk please. to him. Just, just, he's not interested in having that fight with you right now uh, in any way, shape, or form. But most anything else he's happy to talk about. You can find me at Brian Koppelman on Twitter. Uh, you can email me the moment bk at gmail.com. Do not email me with the questions I didn't ask him about the E Street Band or the rumors or the stories. Believe me, I could have asked all those things. I decided to respect the guy and just keep it focused here. You get him on your fucking podcast if you want to ask him those questions. All right, thanks, everybody. See you next time.